Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. to episode number 123 of the podcast and today I've got Shannon Burns joining me. Now for those people who haven't heard of Shannon Burns or AFL football, go onto YouTube and check it out because Shannon played at the elite level. He's a two-time premiership player at Geelong but we talk a lot about his football but the main things that come out of today's chat are um, believing in yourself and that um, when you've got a lot of doubters and Shannon had that his whole life being a quite a small footballer for today's standards, um, that he was always facing people doubting him being able to make it and um, the power of his mind and believing in himself, the resilience that he was able to generate through that. And then probably one of the biggest takeaways I got is that um, the emphasis that Shannon puts on relationships and not changing. So he has been the same person from when we went to high school together, when he was playing AFL and as he is now, he's so generous with his time and everything he's doing. And the one thing I really love about today's chat is um, there's an awesome story that uh, Shannon talks about with uh, Mark Thompson when he was at Geelong about making it and it involves a couple of tombstones, wrestling and a whole lot of laughter. So guys sit back, this is Shannon Burns, absolute superstar. side I've got uh, Shannon Burns here. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Sidey. Um, actually, I'm, I'm glad that I'm here, not only just to tell my own story, but um, I need to know where you get this energy from. From <laughs> You're starting your days at five, six in the morning. I'm still seeing you posting stuff, eight, nine, ten at night. You're, you're overseas. You're back in the country. Where, where do you get it from, mate? How do you do it? Mate, I suppose uh, I never went through the system of uh, playing AFL footy, so I had all this energy that you've also used over the years. So yeah. I'm just a late bloomer, mate. Yeah, right. I've used all mine up. You're still... Yeah, you've got plenty to give. <laughs> now, mate, obviously, for, we've got a lot of listeners overseas, and I was going to talk about, obviously, you're an AFL superstar. You've won a couple of premierships, 131 games, all these things. Um, what's the best way to describe Australian rules football yeah. for an international listener? Because I want to learn from you here because I physically don't know how to describe it. Um, I, I definitely haven't mastered it over the years. I've been asked many times. Um, rugby probably doesn't quite cut it. Soccer, a cross between rugby and soccer. Um, it's just not structured enough for foreigners to understand. They, yep. they, they want definite rules. Uh, they want yardage. They want... Um, a game that's, uh, I guess, um, very structured, and, yeah. and AFL is certainly the opposite of that in, in a lot of ways. So I, I tend to go to the, the YouTube. And just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if all else fails, yeah, YouTube. YouTube, it bumps, brawls, um, AFL footy. There's, there's a somewhat um, yeah, good explanation of that on YouTube if you type in um, AFL for... For foreigners, so oh, that's so you that, that, have used it before. Well, yeah, I have <laughs> because I just give up in the end, I just can't get it. Uh, now, mate, life after footy, we'll get we're obviously going to talk a lot about footy and the lessons you've learned. Um, you know, your career very decorated, but life's great now, mate. Charlie, Meg, yeah, yeah, I've got a young fella now who's almost two, and um, that certainly changes um, everything in your life. And um, yeah, I'm engaged to my partner Megan, who's from Shepparton, where she did a deal with someone pretty good on her. Um, yeah, no, she she said that was a bit awkward at times. <laughs> um, 
So he had two left feet. So, uh, I'm not sure who that guy was, but uh, yeah, she's. Uh, it's great that um, I can be with a girl that's obviously grown up the same town that I'm from, and um, our, both our parents from Shep, uh, both our families in Shep. So. Things have worked out pretty well, um, living in Richmond, just around the corner from you, mate, so yeah. it's great. Awesome, mate. Now, obviously, growing up in Shepparton in the country, you now live in Melbourne. What uh, do you, how do you rate country living to city living? Uh, well, they're completely different. Um, yeah, Shepparton's, um, well, the traffic, for one, is uh, <laughs> something that, lack of. yeah, lack of. Um, that's certainly something that uh, is great. And what you obviously get a lot more for what you pay for in the country, so you're living in bigger properties, bigger backyards, um, yeah, easier to get around. Um, but having said that, the, the opportunities in Melbourne, there's always something going on. Um, it's not too often that, um, I suppose the killers and Beyonce will come and play in Shep, but they, they uh, <laughs> but yeah, they'll find that they're, they're more likely to come down the road uh, to Rodlover Arena and you've got opportunities uh, galore, I suppose, in Melbourne in that regard, but um, country living was, was fantastic um, and I guess I had a, a sort of baby steps towards the city, living in Shep, getting, having the move to Geelong, um, somewhere in between and I've been in Melbourne now for five years so yeah, I'm enjoying that. You've really uh, got a good demographic of Victoria, don't you? So yeah. now let's talk, let's get into it. Obviously Murray Bush Rangers, co-captain, um, really good football as a junior but 2002 comes around the draft get overlooked mate how was how was that um yeah well obviously disappointing um but having said that i'd sort of built myself up for whatever happened um i was going to continue on and have a crack um it wasn't something i was ever going to give up on um just because it had one setback um yeah i guess i'd had a lot of setbacks and a lot of people probably doubt that i would make it growing up just because of my height um People are listening. I'm <laughs> one seventy four centimeters, which is um, one, one centimeter taller than me, mate. So not very tall. Not tall at all. Um, and AFL is more suited probably to those a little bit taller. So there was always that thought that maybe I wasn't going to be tall enough to make it um, from a lot of people. Um, I have one uh, one moment when in my junior career that really sort of stuck with me was uh, we had a couple of really good footballers in my team. I remember the coach getting. Um, a picture with these two guys because um, he wanted to be with a uh, picture with future AFL footballers. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and I've got the picture at home, actually. I'm actually in the background of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> just, you can see my head over the back. And um, I just remember that moment um, pretty vividly, just thinking, well, um, there's not too many people that probably do think I'm actually going to get there. So um, if you don't have that belief in yourself, I, su- I suppose um, you know chance. So... Yeah, it was just one setback amongst a fair few, and yeah. I didn't look at it as the setback that was going to stop me from getting to where I wanted to get to. Yeah, and I love that. And I suppose when you were sort of coming through, it was when they were bringing in the basketballers and the big athletes and that everyone had to be tall. So yeah. um, people like missing out in photos with your coach and things like that. Was was that a burning desire in you that you're like, I'm going to prove everyone wrong? Um, not so much I'm going to prove everyone wrong, I'm going to prove myself right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I always felt that I could get there. Um, and if, if you're doing it just to prove people wrong, you probably those reasons are going to get, get old pretty quickly. Yeah. You, you need they to don't have, last. You they they, they up, don't so. last. You need to be able to drive yourself. And um, Yeah, I just, I just had an inner belief more than, more than worrying about what the others thought I couldn't do. I was tried to concentrate on what I thought I could do um, 
And yeah, I felt that I had some advantages in areas that others didn't. I, I, while I was small, I was a lot quicker than everyone else. And the, the ball's on the ground a fair bit in yeah. AFL footy. So yeah. I, I figured I've got the advantage um, when the ball's on the ground. Um, yeah, I just really tried to concentrate on my strengths, things that um, were going to set me apart from others, I suppose. That was yeah, my thought process. I love that. I think for anybody listening, that it doesn't matter if you're a sports player, coach, professional, anything that... Um, you can only control the controllables and what you're in control of, not other people's thoughts or anything like that. So that's a great takeaway for anyone listening. So obviously you got picked up by Geelong in with their last Wookiee pick. So mm. you've just scraped in, mate. You've <laughs> just got in and it doesn't matter how you got there, you got there. What was it like walking into Geelong after, you know, being overlooked in the draft and everything like that? How, what was that first couple of days like? Uh, I remember the first day pretty, uh, really well, actually, um, old man took me to, to the training session and I, I ran well in beep tests. I always had a good, good beep test. Which, what's, uh, uh, what, what's the best uh, for beep uh, tests? Man? Well, I, I get around sort of mid-15s in the beep <laughs> test, but it was a, it was a stop-start um, endurance and okay. my endurance was, was good in that regard, but not so much in just the long distance, um, just the grind out 3K, 4K. And the first thing I had to do was a 3K time trial and sure enough, they get like... The recruiters introduced you to the boys, and um, the, one of the main things they said was, "This guy's a good runner, a great runner, great endurance. <laughs> You're going to have to. He, he'll be the rabbit for today. And, and my three k isn't that great. It's not bad, but it's not that great. So I thought, oh, well, I've got to give it everything here. I just need to show them, um, show them what I've got, and took off and just blew up halfway through. Um, but managed to scrape out a decent, but got run over by a few guys. And Dad picked me up and. I remember just halfway just telling him to stop the car, got out, just had spewed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, got back in the car, Dad, um, yeah, just in a bit of shock, asking if I'm all right. And I just, yeah, I just remember just thinking, Jesus, this is what it's like every day. I'm not sure I do have what it takes to actually to get there. Um, but from there on in, I realised not every day was a time trial. and there, was, there were other things that you can prove yourself with. You didn't just have to run 3K as hard as you could. Um, and I had a few players there that I, I, I played footy with and Steve Johnson, Tommy Lonigan, um, in Bush Ranger days yep. and they were they were great people to to have to to guide me through and, and tell me that um, yeah, not every day was as hard as that first one. That's yeah, sure. now I I I know that uh, obviously you got a really a lot of good mates from your time at Geelong and um, such a glorious time there, a couple of premierships and everything like that, mate. But uh, there's one story that uh, I've heard a few times on the grave. I don't know if you've told me this, but uh, one day Bomber Thompson and yourself, uh, I'll leave that with you. Do you want to yeah. tell us this little story? Yeah, I think I know where you're going with it. Um, yeah, so. For those that would have followed my career, I was, I was in and out of the side a lot um, early days. Um, found all, all different ways of getting dropped, had been dropped on the footy show. Dad had heard it on the radio and called me out. <laughs> How's that? Just... Um, uh, the communication back in those days probably wasn't as great as it is these days. Yep. But um, yeah, the avenues that you found out that you'd been dropped could come through a friend, could come through yeah my dad, like I said. And anyway, this this one particular week I think you're talking about is um, a Monday morning. Um, you know when you've done something wrong on the weekend and you know it's going to come up in the team meeting and that's all well and good. But as soon as I got in the team meeting, I could see the play that was up on the uh, screen on you. Oh, well, here we go. I'm uh, going to cop it here. And I hadn't gone as hard as I probably should have at this contest. And uh, 
Uh, Bomber started yeah, the meeting with, all right, we, we don't usually make changes this early in the week, but obviously um, make an exception this week. Shannon, you, you're not playing this week, you dropped. Um, I'm going to show in, you why. In front of everyone. Yeah, in front of the whole team. Wow. Um, Good coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, look, it, it is for some. It is, absolutely yeah. it is. Um, but everyone's got their different methods, and at the time I, I obviously didn't think it was. And, uh, <laughs> and he replayed this, this one contest probably five or six times, slow-mo, just what I should have done. and So really berating you. Berating me, yeah. and, and this continued, so we go out and train after this, and it continued onto the track just into me after every missed kick or whatever it might have been. And the ball rolled in Bomber's direction at one point and um, I uh, ran straight past the footy and gave Bomber a hip and shoulder, basically. <laughs> I just had enough of it. And uh, he sort of got rocked by a little bit and said, well, what's, what's got into you, mate? Do you, do you want to wrestle or something? And uh, I said, I'd bloody love one. <laughs> And the boys, the boys had got, got wind of it. And um, yeah, before you knew it, we had all of them in a circle around <laughs> us. And it was on. It was, uh, yeah, basically telling the hell chanting, rip his head off. And <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was game on. And I felt like I wasn't just wrestling for me that day. I was wrestling for all the guys that were on the fringe. It was, uh, yeah, it was um, a, a special battle, that one. And... <laughs> I just remember getting in by the leg, and once once you got someone by the leg in in a wrestle, you know you've got him. He's hopping around, and I played up to it, and um, yeah, just picked him up and tombstoned him, put him right on his back. Yeah. It, was, it was a great moment, and um, he blamed my low centre of gravity, so we went again. Got the so, so you got him. One, you got him once, and he what? Yeah, like, no. he's like, no, no, low centre of gravity. You got lucky, so we went again and uh, <laughs> got him by the leg this time. And this time I knew once I had him by the leg, I was playing up to the crowd, um, <laughs> telling him, oh, yeah, I'm going to finish him, wait, waiting for all the calls and then bang, tombstone him again and it was carried off the track and uh, on the shoulders of all the boys. So it was, it was, well, it's a funny story. It, it um, for me, it was a significant moment because I, you do get a bit paralysed by the coach, a senior coach, and um, I guess you just want to do everything right in front of him. And yeah, after that moment, I felt we, uh, I wasn't as paralysed by worrying about what he thought of me. And, yeah. and my footy really did, um, I played with um, a lot less uh, negative thoughts, I, I guess, and, and worries as to what he was thinking up in the box. And I had some, played with some of the best footy after those after that incident and obviously that's not the one thing that changed everything but it shows you the the power of um your mental thoughts i guess um because uh yeah certainly play with a lot more freedom after that day so you two tombstones two premierships is that yeah i'd like that to be on my wiki if i could actually (laughs) um that would be great on the the special achievements Um, i'm not sure (laughs) bummer doesn't love me telling that story i must admit but um yeah, it's certainly one that uh, I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, I would be too. So you're just saying, obviously, something clicked with inside of you. And obviously, sport these days is there's so much more put on the mental side of things, not the physical. So what would you put it down to that you felt like that was you're accepted or you're like, oh, I'm good enough here? Or was it like proving to him or more to yourself? Yeah, a little bit proving. Like the senior coach, you, you hold his uh, thoughts as high as anyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I... 
I guess uh, AFL footy, you get a lot of feedback from, from all um, areas of the world and social media might be an area we might talk about a bit later, but yep. um, certainly Bombers thoughts were always one that run through your head um, in a game. Um, and when you're a fringe player, you, you tend to overthink things probably uh, more than the guys that are that are cemented every week. They can make a mistake and get on with it pretty quickly. Yeah. But the, the guys on the fringe tend to, if you make a mistake, you almost think, well, that, that might be the, That's my, my ticket out of yeah. here. So, um, yeah, I, I guess moments in the game become a lot more significant to those that are on the fringe playing football. Um, and it's it's a piece of advice that's easier to said than done. Yeah. Um, I, and I try to pass it on to guys that I see in similar positions to myself at the moment that... If you can free your mind and not be concerned with the, with the mistakes and move on pretty quickly, and I, I know a lot of people say that, but it's so true in AFL football. Like you'll see guys miss goals from 20 metres out, and you hear a lot of people say, well, they see the park footballer kick that nine times out of yeah. ten, but the pressures that are going through the, the park footballer's yeah. mind compared to the AFL footballer's mind are um, chalk and cheese, really. And, and you can't explain that to the people that... How can they miss it? They get paid to do it, but there's so much more going through their minds than, than you realise. Um, and it's those that can slow that thought process down and actually concentrate on what they're supposed to do and not what everyone else is hoping that they would do. They're yeah. the ones that do it better than anyone else. Yeah, so I know you're at Melbourne now and you're obviously doing mentoring and coaching, things like that. How much time does the club invest in you know everything you've just said to be able to you know it's probably a lot of mindfulness you know yeah. be present move on get on with it and not sort of focus on the negatives or what you can't control yeah absolutely uh, we've got a psychologist at the footy club two and a half days a week so he's become part of the furniture and i think the the big shift in footy is is seeing the psychologist as someone you can use as a tool to improve yourself not just someone that's there for when when you've got a an issue in your life yeah. or something's gone like whether you're broken or not i think in years gone by, you'd see a player in with a psychologist and you'd be like, oh, geez, what's, 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 what's wrong with him? Yeah. Whereas at the moment, the, well, certainly in the Melbourne Footy Club and um, I, I know that it's happening around at all other footy clubs now, the psychologist is just part of the furniture and you don't, you don't blink twice when you see a player sitting down with, with our club psych or, um, and the coaches are even better at it now. They're all trained up in, um, in the psychology of, of players these days and realise the big, massive part of players in, yep. in getting the best out of your athletes. Yeah, and like, like you said, everybody is different. It's like anything in life. Yep. You can't, yep. not everyone wears the same shoes, same clothes. Everyone's got their own style, their own way of being coaching, their own way of operating. So yep. um, that being said, you were, it wasn't if you were lucky, but um, with your two premierships, you were probably, I remember each week, and I was mm. watching going, oh, mate, I hope he gets in. <laughs> and it was normally a player that wasn't going to get up, or I think one was Varco or something like that. Yeah. But um, how hard was that to go through that the whole week, but then, all right, you've got the biggest game of the year and you've got to step up and play? Yeah, yeah. It had, well, I guess it became something that I became a bit accustomed to, knowing whether I was going to be in and out. And there were there were a few forwards that I used to compete with um, weekly, in Matty Stokes and Travi Varco. Um, there was a yeah some really good half forward flankers, and I sort of wish we'd played in an era today where Richmond you, you, you said, get all three, yeah, you yeah. get all three or four, and it wasn't just uh, is Stokes going to be in, is Burns going to be in? It's just we need them all in um, and they see the value in the smalls but um, I guess it became, became something I became pretty accustomed to and I just 
had to set set up the week as if I was playing and just believe nothing else. If if I if I missed out, then obviously that'd be extremely disappointing. But um, if I got in, I was, I guess, more through my preparation and, and in the mindset of playing than if I had have just decided that okay, I'm playing now on a Thursday and only giving myself two days to really think about it. Yeah, yeah, and it must be such a hard thing with everything else going on. But you're able to win two. Um, must have been like the most amazing mm. experience ever. Then Mad Monday, love the costumes. Yeah, well, the, the, the first one on the Mad Monday was the Mario Kart, and I'm <laughs> very jealous of what, <laughs> what you were able to do over in Tokyo. Yeah, wasn't Tokyo, it? yeah. Able yeah. to actually get in the, the full uh, Mario Kart costume <laughs> and, and drive through the streets. So that's on the bucket list. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know how much longer you can physically do that because it's one of the most dangerous. Is it really? Oh, well, yeah. Particularly when you were, there was eight of us guys that went over and, uh, you're driving around they go yeah. single file and the guy yeah. drives off and you race but um, if you haven't seen that guy's Mario Kart around Tokyo it's, uh, I think it's something that is you can't really believe it until you do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks incredible <laughs> do they give you turtle shells and bananas or nah, you, no <laughs> there's too many trucks and taxis yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah now the Mad Monday was always a lot of fun and I think it was celebrated at Geelong once the success came and you do see a lot of clubs cop a lot of flack over celebrating seasons that weren't successful, but I can understand that every team puts in the same amount of effort every year. It's just nice to be able to let off a bit of steam at the end of the year with your teammates. Yeah, and I think the amount of effort and work that you do put in, and it's like probably workplaces, everyone has a Christmas party, mm. even if you didn't meet your goals, but no one else, most well, people right. stuff up at a Christmas party. Exactly. But because you're in the social light, and I suppose let's get on to social media, and I know I want to talk about, because obviously you went through an era where... Um, it was just sort of coming in at the end, um, and it wasn't it wasn't really mm. a big thing at the start of your career. Now, um, obviously, you're in Melbourne, and you see the pressures and things like that. Do you want to talk about what you've seen with social media, the changes it's made, um, not only for probably society, but in the game? Yeah, well, there certainly are some positives to come out of social media, and we obviously um, are more connected than we've ever been with everyone um, in our lives in, in one sense, but we're... Not not connected yeah. and disconnected in in a lot of ways as well because um, yeah the actual face to face and human contact that uh, we probably took for granted growing up as kids and um, the conversations that you just started at face to face don't seem to happen as naturally anymore. People like to live through the likes and um, yeah just being recognised for the highlight reel I guess that they put yeah. on 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 social media and um, I, I guess it become a a fake view of reality really um in a sense not only in only seeing the highlights of people's lives but um the people that tend to comment a lot on particularly probably twitter and instagram um for the afl boys can be definitely um weighed in the negative side of things um and it doesn't really matter what the boys post. There seems to be someone out there that can find a negative view to, to what they're posting. They might say they're at a clinic teaching kids, which is a great thing to do, and someone will post, well, I hope you're not teaching them uh, to turn the footy over yeah. from 20 metres away. And you just you just think, oh, um, I guess they're, they're, they're the minority, but they might be 50% of the comments. So... A young young guy growing up thinking that fifty percent of society think he, he turns no good. Yeah, he's yeah. no good in terms of footy over. So you need to give these guys um, an understanding, I suppose, of of the weight of what those comments carry, um, and you need them to understand 
um, which people they should be um, taking seriously, I suppose, people's views, and which yeah. is obviously their coaches, their family and friends. But, um, no, keyboard warriors. Anyone, yeah, anyone yeah, being keyboard warrior yeah. is very easy to oh, do when you're not face-to-face. Absolutely. I've got a, a view on keyboard warriors as well. <laughs> I, can, I, I think almost that there is an are you okay day, but I honestly think that these people should be targeted for that because I think a lot of the the trolls uh, are the people that probably aren't, aren't as happy with their own lives. Correct, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it would be a good response to a lot of... A lot of trolls online would just be to ask them how their lives are going. Are you okay? Are you all right? What, yeah. What's happening in your life? And, yeah. and just see what sort of response you get from them because I think a lot of them aren't happy with how they're going and um, are pretty happy to bring others down. Yeah, and I, I, you see that all the time. And it, it's sad because they're the people that actually need the help. Yeah. Um, so obviously, great career. And I, people say you got the most out of your career. And I think... Um, there's so many players out there that haven't won a premiership, haven't done this. You played at two very good clubs. Um, is there any anything you regret from your, your, your 131 games? Um, well, I guess I touched on it a bit earlier, but it was more just having confidence once I got to the top level. Um, yeah. I did talk about inner belief of, I guess, knowing I could make it to the, to the top level. But once you get there, believing that you can actually make an impact is another thing altogether. Um, when you've got such so many stars around you and great players, um, com- yeah, my, I would have loved to have had the confidence I had um, post two thousand and nine in my first, uh, I guess, five or six years at yeah. the club. Um, and I, I like the way that clubs actually go about educating the players these days. It used to be just the se- the senior team would all be in together, and then they'd give the edits and. Generally speaking, there'd be two or three of the older players that would speak up, and you felt like you didn't have the right to speak up until until you were an established player. So uh, I guess you you muffle your development for those first four or five years because you you feel like you can't speak up until you're actually... um, yeah, an established player, whereas these days they break them into small groups, they, they give the young players a voice right from the start, yeah. and I think they're, they're going about it the right way now, giving these players confidence in what they're doing from an early age, uh, and I felt like I probably didn't have that confidence until I was 24, 25, that I would have loved to have had that a lot earlier. Yeah, and I think that's what sport clubs are doing really well now, mm. uh, they're allowing people to feel part of it and like you don't have to do an apprenticeship yeah because i know that's how it used to be oh, it was a boys club and you had to prove yourself like yeah. two tombstones to get in there yeah that's right a double tombstone was the only <laughs> of the senior coach that was a ticket that i wonder was... how many other people <laughs> don't have double yeah. tombstones. that's right i don't recommend all players in that situation just go out and do that um, off the cuff, but um, you might have another way of going about it. But mine, mine just happened to be a couple of wrestling moves. Now, I love that. So, obviously, resilience, and that's one big thing we've spoke about. And I know I had Michael Barlow on the podcast last year, and he talked about the resilience and things like that. Now, are there, do you reckon if you could give me maybe two or three tips on uh, ways to build resilience, or that young kids listening, if they if they want to make the AFL, they want to be a professional sports or they want to get somewhere, mm. um, what are maybe a couple of different tips or ways that they can start being resilient, um, you know, so they don't maybe have to deal with as many hurdles or barriers as you did going up? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a magic question, how do, you, how do you just sort of sprinkle resilience on someone, like obviously some players 
have it naturally and um, yeah they're it's a lot easier, I suppose, if you are that, that star right from the get-go and um, that established player. And if you do have a couple of days that don't go your way, you still, you've still got next week to come back to. Um, but I, I keep coming back to that, that inner belief and not, not trying to take too many of the... I balance out the good comments with, with the negative ones. Um, you get too caught up in the good. Um, yeah, that, that can obviously, you can get ahead of yourself, but if you get too caught up in the bad, that can um, muffle, I guess, where you, where you uh, want to get to as well because you start believing what they say. So you need to have, have a strong voice for yourself and actually um, believe what you're capable of yourself. I, mean, yeah. I know it seems like a bit of a cliche thing, but it does need to come from within. Yeah. You, you, you can't rely on... Um, out of sources to, to, to get you there or obviously to stop you from getting somewhere as well. Um, and uh, having said that, that inner belief, I guess, is the one, one yeah. tip. Uh, the, the second one is to learn from, from the best and, yep. and, and see what they, they actually um, do to get themselves to where they are. Uh, and when I say the best, I, I don't necessarily mean the best just natural talented people. Yeah. I, I don't so think, not like Gary Ablett. No, I don't, Steve Pye played yeah, one of the best ever. Yeah, yeah. The best. yeah, I don't think you necessarily learn just from them. Like they're they're pretty gifted people. Like yeah. Buddy Franklin, gifted. I don't think you necessarily learn from those people. I, I like to learn from the people that have just given absolutely everything to get to where they are. Yeah. Um, I find I think Joel Sell was a really good example of that. He's. Um, not necessarily gifted in his um, ball use or anything like that, but he's just a workhorse. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone actually train as hard as as him um, in my time. Daniel Cross is another one. So well, these guys are stars, but they weren't necessarily just talented the and gift, talented, gi- yeah. gifted stars. They, they did a lot of work to get to where they are. They're, they're the types of people I look up to more so than just the um, – yeah, the, the – the guys that are just lauded and you just wonder how they do it. And yeah, sometimes yeah. Um, you, you probably aren't going to get to that, that level, but there's there's other people that you certainly can work towards. Yeah, I love that. And so just got a couple of questions to go, mate. But uh, obviously you played under some great coaches with some great players. What are, what are some of the best qualities you think a leader and a coach need to have? Uh, honestly, relationships is key to, yeah. to everything. Like if you do, don't have a good relationship with... Um, with the person that you're trying to get to do what you want them to do, it's not gonna, it's not going to happen. Like, yeah. um, you, you need to to care about the person outside of just what you want them to do on the field. Um, that's the biggest thing, biggest shift um, I think that's happening in AFL footy these days. Simon Goodwin is brilliant at it. Um, if there's one thing I can say that sets him apart from um, other coaches is just his relationships and care for his his players. Yeah. Um, he was. The, the only senior coach to actually come to the Indigenous camp last week, which is um, out of 18 coaches, he, he, he was the one that took time out of his week to go down and um, just get to know the culture of his players. Um, and, and for that, I, that went through the whole group, not just out of the five players that yeah. we had on our list, that went through the whole playing group um, uh, across the league that the AFL Indigenous boys just were taken back by his commitment to learn about their culture and who they are. Um, so I've gone a bit off track there but I just I think if you get to know a person as a whole and, and care about who they are as a whole you're going to get so much more out of them as a, a, person, a player on yeah. the field 
Um, so I think that the, you can't invest enough into your relationships um, with with your playing group, but also the playing group investing into the the, the coaching group as well. Yeah, and I I think uh, everything you mentioned today, Shannon, they're not just for sport. I think yeah. they are models that you can roll your life on. You yeah, know, like absolutely. Connections absolutely. and people and friendships and partnerships. If you don't invest enough time in them, then then they're not going to repay you. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, resilience. If you're not happy in yourself, there's no way you can be happy in anyone else or you can't expect people to you know feel the same way about you so no lots of different takeaways there mate now i've got one question that i've been dying to ask you about uh your old man johnny yes has yes. he ever had a hard job in his life no no my dad actually has gone <laughs> he's what is he 65 now and managed to get through um yeah till 65 without uh <laughs> really working a full day he might start work. his career soon yeah well yeah well that's right <laughs> I think you two are polar opposites you, 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 you seem to work from um, dawn till dusk and he seems to clock on at lunchtime and uh, tell a few yarns and, and finish Plus, by three so a yarn, uh, yeah he can turn work into a yarn <laughs> at any stage so yeah no he hasn't he hasn't worked <laughs> Hard day, <laughs> I've had the pleasure of working with Johnny. I hope you listen, mate, and uh, keep dominating, mate. You've obviously figured life out pretty well. Uh, he's a great man, and and I think he's been the one the one person that um, I keep coming back to for everything in life. Like you talk about inner inner self belief. He's the one guy that I know has believed in me from day dot to to yeah playing in premierships. Um, he's been through all the ups and downs and um, mum included like they're, they're the people that get you through and I, you can't speak it's not all, all you there, there needs to be people in your life that that get you through these times I, I, I didn't miss out on any sporting um, event for any any reason mum and dad were always there and I'm starting to see that now as a parent you just you give everything for your kids and I yep. couldn't be more thankful for mum dad and, and my sister Jackie as well is another one that's just um, got me through some really hard times throughout your life and you need to have those people in your life um, yep. when, when you do have those doubts yeah and you've got a beautiful family mate and I hope they're listening along now last one um, and it might be something similar you just mentioned about your family but what do you want to be remembered for Shan what's the legacy you want to leave mate when I'm saying you've got a lot of time left but uh, yeah. when you when it's, it's all done and dusted, oh, mate. Um, I haven't started the memoirs. <laughs> we can uh, just drop this down here. Well, I, I don't know if I want to be remembered for anything specific, but like, I, I keep coming back to relationships and um, it, to be respected um, is one thing. To be respected and liked can be a, a very hard thing to do, but um, I, I guess I, I just want to be remembered as someone, I suppose, that got the most out of himself, yep. um, which, um, yeah, I, I didn't have the, the, the best career of all time, but certainly I, I had a career, which yep. uh, a lot of people probably didn't think that I might have at the start, and um, being 174 centimetres, there's, there's a lot of setbacks and reasons why my career wouldn't have happened, but um, I guess I'm proud of, I gave myself every chance to give myself that career, there's no real regret in, in regards to um, the effort that I put in to, to get there. So, yeah, I guess just someone that got the best out of himself and um, and I like to think that I, I treated people with respect along the way and, and, and didn't forget where I come from. No, I, definitely. I, um, and I think that's one thing you always be remembered for, mate, that you never did. You always had time for everyone when I used to come around and steal some shorts and yeah. pop off you back in the day, mate, and yeah. you were still the same old kid from Shep so I think you always remember that mate yeah it's 
Very kind words, so yeah, no worries. Well, mate, thanks for your time today, Shane. Your day off. Um, I can guarantee everyone listening will be able to take that many different things out of if not anything that story about tombstones on yeah, Bobber Thompson yeah, I think that double is double tombstone right? let's get it on wiki <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, thanks that's mate. a takeaway <laughs>